With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hawkeye fans, get ready. It's time for the Hawkeye Nation radio show, powered by the Polk County iClub on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 AM and now 106.3 FM, KXNO. Welcome to the Hawkeye Nation radio show. My name is Andrew Downs. I'm typically joined by Joe Schmelka, the president of the Polk County iClub. Joe not able to be here with me tonight, but he is here in spirit, and uh, and he will join me again next Thursday. We are here each and every Thursday from 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock on KXNO. It's 1460 AM, 106.3 FM, anywhere in the world on the iHeartRadio app, and you can check out the podcast uh, in your podcast feed. Hawkeye Nation is where you what you search to find that. we got a big show coming up tonight this segment is powered by Reynolds and Reynolds Insurance and we appreciate their support of HawkeyeNation.com. Uh, also want to wish Joe Schmelka's father a very very happy birthday. 94 years old today and hopefully the Hawkeyes can get him a big win this weekend. A very very happy birthday to you sir. On the show tonight we got John Miller. He's the founder of HawkeyeNation.com you can find him now at HawkeyePodcast.com Joe Hugan who's one of our staff members uh, does podcasts for us. He's kind of the voice of the fan. We'll talk to him in segment number two. We have a former Hawkeye and a Super Bowl champion in James Morris joining us in segment number three. And then the final segment will be a chat I had with Chris Solari from the Detroit Free Press looking ahead to the Michigan State game. But right now, let's get to John Miller, HawkeyePodcast.com. John, thanks for joining us again tonight. Always good to be here. Last week, you said something to the effect of this is one of the most important games for the program in decades. I don't know if that's exactly what you said, but it was along those lines. And correct me if I'm wrong there, but after a loss in that game, is this game now exponentially more important? I mean, it's certainly important. Um, I, you know, the, the rationale behind what I said last week was given the tumultuous offseason that the Iowa football program went through. And I don't think that is a... Uh, I don't think that's a crazy opinion. I think by most measures, what Iowa went through this offseason relative to the um, the former players uh, claiming some, oh, let's just say some unfair treatment, uh, an environment where they didn't feel comfortable literally in their own skin that ultimately led to Chris Doyle's firing. Uh, That is one of the most tumultuous offseasons for any college football program in the nation. And I felt after losing that game against Purdue, a game that was very winnable, uh, they needed to win against Northwestern because these players, given all the hard work they put in, by all accounts it sounded like you know, these guys had gotten really close this offseason through the strife. They really, really needed to win. And if they didn't get one, you worry about potentially risking losing the locker room at 0-2. And they lost. And whether it's apropos of nothing or possibly, uh, you know, what we're talking about, less you know, a few hours later, Amir Smith Marset gets popped for an OWI. So, you know, I, I don't know that the wheels are going to fall off. Kirk Ferentz has been doing this a long time. I know he's respected there, but I also wonder if Kirk Ferentz is how heavy of a disciplined hand can a uh, hammer 
can he wield this year on this particular team? How much of his voice was potentially neutered by uh, what went on this offseason and how much looser things are in that program? So, yeah, a win will help. A win will help. I just um, I think that I think the program's on some pretty dangerous ground. Yeah, I guess the, the so so then does a win kind of change this conversation, or, or maybe what kind of win would it take to change this conversation? Because it's a conversation that's being had uh, within the fan base, and and clearly uh, it, it should be had. You know, is the tumultuous off season affecting the play on the field? Are they really have they really come together as a unit and kind of bonded over this hard experience, or did it fracture them in a way that that they're not going to be able to get back? 0-2 is a tough start. A win over a Michigan State team that, that hasn't looked great but did have a nice win last week uh, certainly doesn't turn the season around necessarily, but but does it change that conversation for at least seven days? Maybe. Um, I, I, think, I, think, I think a win will make people feel good. It will make them all feel good. It makes it easier to go back to work next week and get going. You know, the 2018 Kirk Ferentz brought up this week. The 2018 started out 0 3 in the Big Ten. They're 3 and 3. There was a great deal of strife. Kirk Ferentz was under significant pressure in 2008 at that time, and I recall that vividly. And then that team went on to win nine games in the season, um, and it was a great team. It was a great offensive line. They really came together. They made the change at quarterback, went away from Jake Christensen, saw Ricky Stanzi, and from there, it was a great run. So a win's going to help things always. Uh, there's a number of people that are listening to my opinions on this matter and thinking that I'm blowing it out of proportion, that it's full of hyperbole. Hey, you know what? If they go out and they win five of their last six games, then they were right, and I wasn't. Uh, but let's just see that Michigan State team against Michigan last week. They looked a lot better than they looked against Rutgers in week one. And Iowa's offense has yet to do much of anything. They they, I mean, they scored two touchdowns last week, Andrew, but really one of those touchdowns was a six-yard drive that came after the, the muff punt turnover that Northwestern had, and I believe Iowa's second touchdown came on another short porch from another turnover. So this offense has looked horrible, and that's, to me, the biggest problem of anything right now. I'll, I'll just say for the record, I don't think you're blowing this out of proportion. I do think this is a conversation that, that is being had and needs to be had. And as you said, if everything writes it, if the ship writes itself and they end up having a, a fine season, we may look back and say, yeah, we, we were talking about that too much. But uh, I really think as we sit here right now, that that's a legitimate conversation to be having. You talk about the two touchdowns Iowa scored. One of those touchdowns uh, was on a great spread formation uh, handoff, like a, a draw handoff to Tyler yeah. Goodson. I'm going to commit the sports reporter sin here, John, of not asking you a question, but just simply saying, talk about the zone running scheme. <laughs> so, you know, I, I've been saying for years that I've, 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 been, I've been questioning Iowa's offensive philosophy and its running game for quite some time. And at times I've come down hard and hammered the zone scheme. I think the zone scheme doesn't work great in the college game anymore because of the how many teams are now running three fours or they're bringing more bulked up safeties down into the box that basically cut off those uh, cutback angles now they just go flow side but really what i'm seeing now more so than anything out of iowa is what i like to call an arrogance of offensive 
running game scheme. They continue to run formations that include fullbacks. They continue to run formations that sometimes includes two tight ends. And I'm not saying there's not a place for some of those things sometimes, but I was the worst team in the Big Ten over the last six or seven years as Scott Dockerman rolls out the numbers every year, Scott Dockerman of the Athletic, on third and short. They are dead on arrival. Their best short yardage running play is a quarterback's name. They invite eight, sometimes nine defenders into the tackle box simply due to the formation, the strong formation they bring out. And they're not winning these battles. Yet they continue to roll out these formations, banging their heads against the same wall over and over, thinking that some this time the result's going to be different. And rarely is it different. And to me, Iowa can be a good running team by running out of shotgun, running out of four wide receiver sets, letting Tyler Goodson, who is a phenomenal playmaker in space, actually having space to make plays, as opposed to let's run him into the line again. Maybe he'll find a hole. Got to make one guy miss or two guys miss. Well, if you have five linemen and you got four wide receivers out and you got a single back set, the linebackers on the other team are going farther outside of the tackle box to cover those slant plays. Tyler Goodson has a lot of room to make people miss. Let a playmaker be a playmaker. Iowa doesn't do enough of that. Any hope of seeing a change in this this season? I am not hopeful. <laughs> Only based on what we've seen in the yeah. past. We haven't seen, haven't seen them all that quick to change. Um, you know, you've got a first-year starting quarterback in there in Spencer Petras, and you throw the ball 50 times, and you run it barely over 20. That is not a good idea. And that all took place in a game where the largest deficit you had at any point in time on Saturday was one point. Typically when Iowa throws the ball 45, 50 plus times, it means they're down by two or three scores and they got to come back and they're throwing to get chunks of yardage and to milk the clock or utilize the clock and get more plays. You don't do that in a game where you led 17 to nothing and where you only trail by one point at any one point in time in the game, you don't throw the ball 50 times if you're Iowa. It's clearly not a recipe for success. Depending on where you look, Iowa's still like a touchdown favorite in this game against Michigan State, uh, even though the Spartans coming off a big emotional win, and Iowa, uh, as, as you just mentioned, the offense has been anemic, uh, 0-2, all of the bad things. Uh, what, what do you see in the game Saturday morning, afternoon? I think that this is probably going to be a fairly ugly game. I don't know what the over-under is on it, but I think that Iowa's, this, isn't a, this isn't a great Iowa defense, in my opinion, but it's certainly a competent Iowa defense. I think it's probably going to wind up being a top 30, top 35 scoring defense in the country. Um, you know, outside of Davion Nixon, who, who's your big playmaker on the line? So, but I think that, you know, Michigan State, they don't have a lot of, there's not a lot of danger in their backfield per se, but they do have a talented group of wide receivers. And Lombardi, a uh, local kid, is somebody that wants to come in and show up for the home folks. And he throws a pretty good-looking deep ball. He's not necessarily the most accurate guy out there, but Michigan State has enough talent. And they got that win last year, last week. They're the guys that just got their emotional tank refilled. They're the guys that have a new coach and had some tumult in the offseason as well. And they got that emotional lift. I worry about Spencer Preachers and this Iowa football team continuing to press and try to do too much and not stay within themselves. I am concerned.
You're a couple of weeks into the HawkeyePodcast.com experiment, experience. You're doing a lot of cool things with video and interaction. Uh, how's, it, how's it been going so far? I'm having a great time. I love new technology and, and doing things that nobody else is doing. You know, tonight at 8 o'clock, HawkeyePodcast.com, we're going to be going live, live video show. Gives everybody a chance to interact. You can submit your comments, questions. I take those. You know, we go as long as we need to go until all the questions and comments are taken. So come by and check it out. Um, HawkeyePodcast.com, you'll see that post up there. Or go to my Twitter page, um, at Hawkeye Podcast, and you'll see uh, you know me tweeting out the link to join tonight. Anybody can join and watch it live. You know, those of you that want to get it in its podcast form will have to become a subscribing patron to be able to download the uh, – be able to have listen to it in your app. But a lot of things going on, transcripts of podcasts. Thanks for giving me a shout-out there. Yeah, absolutely. Your friend and mine, John Miller. Thank you, as always, for uh, for joining us. I will uh, reconnect with you on Monday uh, for our podcast here with Hawkeye Nation. Thank you, Andrew. Well, there's a lot on the line this week. We knew that, and we will uh, continue to talk about it here on the Hawkeye Nation radio show on 1460 KXNO, now 106.3 FM. This segment powered by Reynolds and Reynolds Insurance. And once again, uh, a very, very happy birthday to Joe Schmuck's father, uh, 94 years young today. Uh, hopefully the Hawks can get him a win this weekend. When we come back, we got Joe Hugan from HawkeyeNation.com joining us, bringing us the voice of the fan, uh, talking about the game last week, the game next week, and, and a heck of a lot more. It's Hawkeye Nation Radio Show here on 1460 KXNO, now on 106.3 FM. Reynolds & Reynolds is a full-service, family-owned insurance agency in downtown Des Moines for over 30 years. Hi, I'm Stan W. Reynolds. Reynolds & Reynolds offers a full line of insurance products, including health, life, disability, 401k, property, and liability insurance. At Reynolds & Reynolds, we make sure our clients get the best attention, service, claims handling, and price. Please call Reynolds & Reynolds at 1-800-767-1724 to set up a free insurance consultation with one of our agents. Or look us up on the web at Reynolds-Reynolds.com. At Reynolds & Reynolds, Inc., no one works harder to manage your risks. Every day, Fast Science helps businesses like yours with their visual communications. We ask the right questions, recommend smart solutions, and help you build your business. Our knowledgeable consultants uncover your communication challenges and provide visible solutions. At Fast Science, we're innovators, planners, and designers. We're more than fast, more than signs, and we're more than ready to help. Contact Fast Science today. Call Fast Science and Clive at 224-1210 or visit fastsigns.com slash 42. John. John Miller here for the Roman Group. They're a public accounting firm in West Des Moines. They believe in the value of relationships and view each client like a partnership. The Roman Group believes their company's success is a result of their client's success. Services include tax accounting and business consulting. The Roman Group is locally owned and operated, providing services throughout the Midwest as well as nationally. Call the Roman Group at 515-278-4531. That's 515-278-4531. The Roman Group says, Go Hawks! Hey folks, John Miller here. It's a new football season, but West Side Appliance Repair is still doing fantastic work. When you have a washing machine, refrigerator, dishwasher, or any home appliance in need of repair, I highly recommend you call them. I've done so in the past. They took care of me. They have the best and most experienced service technicians in Central Iowa, and West Side's been serving Central Iowa homes for over 50 years. Give West Side a call, 515-276-8899. West Side Appliance, your home appliance repair 
experts. Do you own or manage a fleet of cars, trucks, or equipment? At Manchester Leasing Services, we partner with business owners and decision makers in the management of their ever-changing vehicle fleets. We work hand-in-hand with clients who are frustrated with the vehicle acquisition and disposal processes or who are in search of lower vehicle operating costs and a better overall service process, all to help them save time, improve their bottom line, and stay focused on their business. Call Manchester Leasing for all your fleet management and leasing needs. 515-446-7322 or ManchesterLS.com. Again, that's 515-446-7322 or ManchesterLS.com. Welcome back to the Hawkeye Nation radio show here on KXNO. It's 1460 AM, 106.3 FM. We are powered by Manchester Leasing. Manchester Leasing, thank you for your support of HawkeyeNation.com and our radio show. We talked with John Miller last segment. Now we move forward to the voice of the fan. It's our guy Joe Hugan, who is a part of our staff at Hawkeye Nation, does some podcasts for us. Uh, you can see him on the site, and he joins us each and every week here on the Hawkeye Nation radio show on KXNO. Joe, how you doing, man? Hey, I'm not not too bad. Uh, suffering a little uh, little illness myself, but uh, we're, we're hanging in there. We're ready for some Hawkeye football this weekend. So ready to get a win, right? Uh, th- this is this has been kind of a rough start. You know, you you are kind of the voice of the fan, or at least that's how we dub you. How are you feeling right now about this team? I feel like 2020. <laughs> that's what I feel like. Um, you know, we've got a lot of areas to work on. Um, a lot of people are down on the team. I think the, t- the team might be a little down as well, but. You know, in this year of 2020, the way that it is, I mean, just embrace it, take it on, get get as good as you can get, uh, try to try everything you can, and and you know, see what see what we can do. I mean, it's kind of a freebie year, I feel, in a lot of ways, and a year that you can really kind of exploit some of the things that you may not have been able to do in the past. Might as well this year. Might yeah, well. especially with some of the, like, I mean, you know, who knows how, how things will play out, but it feels like some of the loftier goals of the season have kind of been taken off the table. It's hard to imagine now at, at this Iowa team kind of fighting their way to a Big Ten West championship. And so is that kind of where your head has gone with expectations for this season? Uh, make it more of a de- developmental year, not worry so much about, you know, you, you always want to win and, and try to win, and I'm sure they will, but not make it so much about the wins and losses, maybe make it more about the development. Uh, especially of Spencer Petrus and some of the younger guys? Well, I think it has to be that way this year. Um, just with all the unknowns, I mean, from week to week, we don't know if, you know, we're going to be able to play an opponent. If we're going to be, you know, thankfully, the one area that we've done really well in is we haven't had anybody sick. Yeah. So I can say if, if we've done well in one thing, it's just keeping people healthy. So knock on wood, hopefully everybody stays that way. But just from week to week, it's just so hard to determine that. So. Really, the development of all the players, uh, people have been kind of hard on, on Petrus. Uh, I, don't, I don't think that's necessary. Um, he, he's developing, too. He didn't have the luxury of having a non-conference schedule like uh, some of the quarterbacks in the past have had. So, I mean, there's that. And these guys just haven't gelled. I mean, plus with some of the distractions and whatnot. Really, it's just a year to, to get things ironed out and hopefully next year, hit the ground running and, and, and go from there, I think. You know, it's a conversation that's being had, and, and you knew it would be had if this season got off to this kind of a start. Um, the, the tumultuous offseason, the the firing of Chris Doyle, all of the racial disparity and, and the kind of reckoning that, that came to the program, and then some of the changes that, that needed to be made to uh, you know, appease isn't the right word, but, you know, change the culture. There were some things that, that needed to be altered, and, and we all thought and were told by former players, current players, that Kirk Ferentz was the man to kind of lead this charge of change. Do you think the tumultuous offseason 
is affecting the play on the field right now? Uh, I mean, it has to do it to some degree. I don't think it, it largely has, but I think, you know, as <laughs> losses pile up, it certainly makes it look and feel a lot worse than what it may have been. Um, winning usually has a way of, you know, getting you out of these kind of, you know, things. However, this is a different type of, you know, this isn't just like an off-field incident that I was having. This is a, you know, internal, um, you know, upheaval. So it really, I don't know, it, it, it's hard to tell. Hopefully it hasn't, but it certainly seems like it's more of a conditioning and, and fundamental and execution thing than it is anything else. Joe Hegan joining us here, the Hawkeye Nation radio show on KXNO. Joe, if we had seven more points and we're 2-0, and how different is this conversation about what the offseason was and kind of the, the state of the program? You know, that's a hard one, too. I mean, you obviously feel a lot better. Um, I know Kirk would feel a lot better. The team would feel a lot better. But, I, you know, with, with Wisconsin, you know, a potential uh, rival, I know that's one you had circling the calendar for late in the season, no and a potential Big Ten uh, West uh, foe that we could finally take on. Um, we don't even know if they're going to have a season left after they're, they're done with their quarantine. Um, you know, some of the other teams, you know, not performing well. Um, we'll take a look at this Michigan State team that just lost, um, or just beat Michigan, but had previously lost to Rutgers. Um, just some weird odd things going on it's it's hard to predict any you know from week to week what any team will do it's just it's just very weird very different this year you know there was a time not all that long ago that it felt like Iowa and Michigan State had a really good rivalry going i mean it certainly started but but going you had you had 7 gets 6 in 2009 obviously it all <laughs> culminated in the 2015 Big 10 championship game which we don't need to go into but the te- these two teams have only played once since then, and obviously they have a new coach in Mel Tucker. How do you feel as a fan about Michigan State's program? I think they're building. Um, they lost a lot, uh, you know, their internal structure to their program. I think losing D'Antonio, I mean, he was kind of a, a dying ship towards the end of his, his tenure there, uh, unfortunately for him. But really just seems like a rebuilding program. Um, they're not bad. But I don't think they're great either. They got a, a good uh, victory last week against Michigan. Um, they've certainly got a lot to look forward to going forward. But I don't know. I, I, I figure they're kind of in the middle of the pack, kind of with Iowa right now. That's just my feel. Yeah, I think that's probably about right. And, and as you look at this game, you know, a week ago, I think we all kind of had this game chalked as a, as a win for Iowa because we saw what Rutgers did to Michigan State. And then <laughs> Michigan State has that win over Michigan, a, what seemed like a good Michigan team and a really nice win as Rocky Lombardi, you know, West Des Moines guy, had a great game through three touchdowns in that game and then yep. led them to a win. Now he comes into Iowa City. He says he's had this game circled on his schedule since the day he committed to Michigan State. Uh, this game got a lot more difficult, certainly to to predict or to to talk about from an Iowa standpoint when uh, when Michigan State pulled off what they did last Saturday. How how are you feeling as we sit here? I mean, Iowa's still like a touchdown favorite, depending on where you look in this game. So Vegas still thinks Iowa is the clear favorite in this game. I think Iowa fans are a little less sure about that. How are you feeling about this right now? Um, maybe go out and bet some money. Um, <laughs> you know, t- to be honest. Um, I, I don't see that. I don't know how that's going to be unless we, we change some things drastically real quick. Um, really, Michigan State had the perfect game plan against Michigan. They they didn't do anything special. Their time of possession was actually less. Actually, in a lot of the statistical categories, 
they didn't lead hardly anything. What they did was execute. Um, Ricky Lombardi did a really, really good job. He had a QBR of 90. Um, wasn't terribly great on the you know catch reception. It was 17 for 32, uh, 323 yards, but his average was 10.1. Uh, the guy found Ricky White all the time, which, you know, that guy had 196 yards. That's a guy we're going to have to stop. Just like uh, Purdue's uh, Bell, we're going to have to stop that. They're not going to run on us. It, it's not going to be a running game at all. And that's exactly what we need to get started on them is our running game. We have to establish an identity, which I don't think I was found yet. Yeah, it's been an issue. Our, our identity on offense has uh, has certainly been an issue. All right, I'm going to put you on the, the spot here. What's a score prediction for Saturday? Oh, well, you know, I think that they are definitely going to get into the end zone. I think that if we can – you know, utilize the time of possession and really grind the way that Iowa can do. It's seventeen twenty four, something like that. Yeah. Um, it's gonna. I think it's gonna be a little bit lower scoring, but if we allow them to uh, get away with uh, Ricky White in open space, I think it's gonna be dangerous for us. I'm with you there. I'm with you there, Joe Hugan. Thank you as always. You can uh, check him out at HawkeyeNation.com with podcasts and a bunch of other stuff, uh, and right here every Thursday night with us. Thank you, Joe. Thanks, Andrew. All right, coming up next here on the Hawkeye Nation radio show, it's powered by Manchester Leasing. We are going to talk with a former Hawkeye stud at linebacker. He is James Morris. That's next right here on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Do you own or manage a fleet of cars, trucks, or equipment? At Manchester Leasing Services, we partner with business owners and decision makers in the management of their ever-changing vehicle fleets. We work hand-in-hand with clients who are frustrated with the vehicle acquisition and disposal processes or who are in search of lower vehicle operating costs and a better overall service process, all to help them save time, improve their bottom line, and stay focused on their business. Call Manchester Leasing for all your fleet management and leasing needs. 515-446-7322 or Manchester ls.com again that's 515-446-7322 or manchesterls.com John Miller here for the Roman Group. They're a public accounting firm in West Des Moines. They believe in the value of relationships and view each client like a partnership. The Roman Group believes their company's success is a result of their client's success. Services include tax accounting and business consulting. The Roman Group is locally owned and operated, providing services throughout the Midwest as well as nationally. Call the Roman Group at 515-278-4531. That's 515-278-4531. The Roman Group says, Go Hawks! Reynolds & Reynolds is a full-service, family-owned insurance agency in downtown Des Moines for over 30 years. Hi, I'm Stan W. Reynolds. Reynolds & Reynolds offers a full line of insurance products, including health, life, disability, 401k, property, and liability insurance. At Reynolds & Reynolds, we make sure our clients get the best attention, service, claims handling, and price. Please call Reynolds & Reynolds at 1-800-767-1724 to set up a free insurance consultation with one of our agents. Or look us up on the web at Reynolds-Reynolds.com. At Reynolds & Reynolds, Inc., no one works harder to manage your risks. Every day, Fast Science helps businesses like yours with their visual communications. We ask the right questions, recommend smart solutions, and help you build your business. Our knowledgeable consultants uncover your communication challenges and provide visible solutions. At Fast Science, we're innovators, planners, and designers. We're more than fast, more than science, and we're more than ready to help. Contact Fast Science today. Call Fast Science and Clyde at 224-1210 or visit fastsigns.com slash 42. Hey, folks. 
folks, John Miller here. It's a new football season, but Westside Appliance Repair is still doing fantastic work. When you have a washing machine, refrigerator, dishwasher, or any home appliance in need of repair, I highly recommend you call them. I've done so in the past. They took care of me. They have the best and most experienced service technicians in Central Iowa, and Westside's been serving Central Iowa homes for over 50 years. Give Westside a call, 515-276-8899. Westside Appliance, your home appliance repair experts and welcome back to the hawkeye nation radio show here on 1460 kxno now 106.3 fm it is powered by the Ver- the vroman group the vroman cpa group and we thank them for their support of hawkeye nation and hawkeye athletics uh, we have a special treat here today a uh, former hawkeye linebacker he's a super bowl champion i'm joined by james morris james what's up man how you doing Hey, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much. Uh, b- before we get into some of the football stuff, what are you up to now? What's what's life like for James Morris? Life is not bad, all things considered. Uh, my wife and I, we live in Waukee, and then I work for principal, and then my wife is actually a student at DMU. So we're just... Uh, Hardcore real worlding right now, so <laughs> it's good. I, I bet. You're probably working from home uh, from principal, huh? Yeah, I have been for a while. I just actually started going back into the office probably oh, a couple of weeks ago. That's got to be nice. Uh, my wife's on a rotation in uh, in Moline this month, so I'm I'm working from a hotel room in Moline. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. Uh, you know, we've we've obviously talked about you know kind of the disappointment that this season has at least gotten off to uh, an 0 two start wasn't what any of us had had anticipated as we looked at the schedule. Even though we knew things were weird and it was a crazy off season and this COVID thing has uh, everything going haywire. Your freshman season was was also a bit of a disappointment from a steam ta- from a team standpoint certainly not from a a personal standpoint but from the team standpoint how hard was it to sure. go through a season like that like how much does the outside noise reach into the locker room well I, I think it depends I think it depends on the individual I mean the coaches are saying every week ignore the outside noise you know don't listen to the media and then really at that point in time, I mean, 2010, that wasn't full-blown social media. That was sort of like when things were ramping up. Right. So I think it was a little bit easier to isolate guys. But, I mean, now, you know, you look at the team. I mean, a lot of these guys have, you know, they're media darlings by the time they get to school. You know, they got their own Twitter page and Instagram and thousands of followers and all that stuff. So I think it's it's a brave new world that uh, these coaches have to manage through. But um I think it just depends on the individual, and you know they're going to try and control it to the extent that they can. But it it's up to the individual, you know, to really listen and follow the advice. Had you been allowed, do you think you would have been uh, on social media when you were an Iowa Hawkeye? Probably not. No, no, probably not. Because I mean, even when I was in the NFL, I, I had an Instagram page, but I wasn't like somebody that was habitually posting. And then you know, when I I think the page is still alive but i haven't posted anything and gosh it's got to be three years so probably not i mean that's just my personality i'm probably a little bit more private a little bit more reserved um but uh it it definitely would have been interesting to see what uh, some of my teammates would have put out there no doubt uh so those of you who have left messages on on james's instagram page and he hasn't gotten back to you don't don't worry he's not he's not ghosting you or anything he just hasn't been to the page in a while um, yeah, exactly. Looking, looking on the field, obviously the linebackers are, are probably. I'm guessing that's kind of what you focus on when you watch football. What, what, what are you seeing from the Hawkeye linebackers this season? 
Yeah, I think it's a group that probably doesn't have a ton of experience and is trying to learn on the fly. Um, I think this group, along with really the front seven as a whole, is probably they're a group that I think is going to have to continue to step up and continue to grow um, for this to see, for this season to be successful. I think just looking at the defense, the secondary I think is an area of strength, and we've got some talent there, and Phil's got those guys coached up, so you need to continue to try and put those guys in favorable matchup positions, and then these other guys got to, you know, kind of step up a little bit and um, grow up on the fly. And I mean, it can be done. Like you, you kind of alluded to earlier, I mean, my first couple of games when I was playing at 18, 19 years old, I certainly wasn't ready. Um, so it's just one of those things where gaining experience can be a painful process, and they're doing that right now, but you never know when guys are going to turn the corner. What is it like when you turn that corner? I mean, is, is it like a click? Is it like in-game, uh, all of a sudden things slow down and it, it makes a little more sense to you? Is it in a film room where you, where you see you know, something is pointed out to you by Phil Parker or somebody else and you say, okay, that's, that's the thing I've always done and now I need to you know, focus on doing it differently? Like, uh, what, what is that like when, when it does kind of click and you do yeah. turn that corner and, and you all of a sudden kind of have a little more confidence as a player? No, that is a great question. It's something I talk to guys about all the time. And I think what it is is what really makes players great is, number one, their talent. But, two, football is just its a game of instincts. And there are guys with marginal or pretty good talent that can do things on the field and be in the right place and anticipate things that other guys, no matter how much they practice or how much they play, they just can never do that. And I think Desmond King is like the guy who comes to mind where he's not a four four forty. He's not the fastest guy, the strongest guy, but – he just has such great instincts, such great body position. I mean, and so I think the challenge is for guys is you come into Iowa and you've got meetings all the time and you've got people screaming at you and you're trying to get to class and you're sort of just learning how to process all this stuff and become an adult. And so when you get on the field, you've got to be able to transition from doing what you're being coached to do or, you know, trying to jump through certain hoops and let your instincts take over. Mm. And so I think that click moment is, you are comfortable enough with the schemes and your responsibilities that you're not thinking and you're just sort of reacting and then you let your instincts take over. And when you can get to that point and the faster you can get there, then I think that's where you really see people's natural talent and they become the best player that they can be. And, you know, for me, it probably wasn't until my junior year. I mean, we had an awful team that year, but that was sort of one of those times where you definitely feel like you're playing faster. You'd be more productive. And so whatever coaches can do to help get, guys to that point sooner um then i i would certainly encourage them to do that but it's different for like a quarterback and a middle linebacker too i mean you know i think they did a good job with aj Vanessa early in his career it's like we're gonna put you in on third down and go sack that guy you know and don't you worry about having your read play actions or like where you're gonna fit on a pulling guard on first and second down um so things like that when you can do that i think that helps the team you know, you talk about kind of you know the instinct and kind of knowing what's coming, and and the the opponent Iowa faces this this week is certainly a familiar opponent in Michigan State, but it's a brand new coach and a brand new system. How much more difficult is it when you only have a couple of games of film to work off, uh, and, and and a system that even Kirk Ferentz hasn't really game planned against yet? How much harder is that than you know, say a Northwestern, where it's kind of the same thing year after year after year? Yeah, it can be tough. I would say, I mean, most guys that are head coaches in the Big Ten now, you know, they've got a little bit of a resume, and we've got guys on staff that their full-time job is to go out and dig up film, you know, and see if they can get game cuts from where this guy was before doing things like that. So I think they're going to have a good game plan put together. 
Um, and, you know, I don't think they're going to get caught flat-footed in terms of what these guys are doing X's and O's wise. Um, but it's definitely an additional challenge. I, I think that's fair. I'm guessing you watch games from a defensive perspective, as I said earlier, and maybe I'm wrong about that. If I am, please correct me. But uh, I would assume you also watch the Iowa offense in that way and, and kind of think of how you would play against uh, the things that they are doing. Uh, that, that offense has been the issue this season. The defense has held its own for the most part, even though there are places that it can, it can improve. Uh, the offense, particularly in the second half, is kind of the reason Iowa has lost these first two games. What do you see when you look at this Iowa offense uh, as a defensive-minded guy? Yeah, I think a couple of things. I think coming into the season, I don't think that you would have been wrong to say that this is probably one of the more talented offenses that they've had on paper. I mean, I'm just trying to think of, you know, a time in in the past, you know, we had like two bona fide Big Ten wide receivers and guys that can actually win one-on-one matchups. I um, mean, you know, Iowa, just the way we're designed, you know, we don't always have that. And my impression is we have that right now. Um, but at the same time, you know, then we go out and we throw the ball 50 times a game, and everybody's like, hey, we can't win like that. And I'm inclined to agree. So I think that, you know, you're breaking in a new quarterback, so that's going to take time to get him comfortable. Um, and he needs, you know, more at-bats, um, and, and he's going to get that. But just stay true to the identity of Iowa football, which is it starts up front and physical, and, you know, continue to do that. And, I mean, listen, these are two games that they've lost that, our teams are probably of comparable talent, if not maybe lesser talent, um, and we let them get away. But um, it's just going to make the uh, make the comeback story uh, that much better in the back half of the season. Absolutely. I love it. James Morris, thank you so much for your time today. We appreciate it. Good luck uh, in the future, and, uh, and hopefully we'll reconnect again here pretty soon. Yeah, thanks. Go Hawks. That is former Hawkeye linebacker, Super Bowl champion James Morris here on the Hawkeye Nation radio show, 1460 KXNO, now 106.3 FM. We are powered this segment by the Vroman Group. Uh, Thank them for their support, not just of Hawkeye Nation, but of Hawkeye Athletics. When we come back, we're going to take a look at the other side of things. Chris Solari from the Detroit Free Press joins me to take an inside look at Michigan State. Hey, John Miller here. It's a new football season, but West Side Appliance Repair is still doing fantastic work. When you have a washing machine, refrigerator, dishwasher, or any home appliance in need of repair, I highly recommend you call them. I've done so in the past. They took care of me. They have the best and most experienced service technicians in Central Iowa, and West Side's been serving Central Iowa homes for over 50 years. Give West Side a call, 515-276-8899. West Side Appliance, your home appliance repair expert. Experts. John Miller here for the Roman Group. They're a public accounting firm in West Des Moines. They believe in the value of relationships and view each client like a partnership. The Roman Group believes their company's success is a result of their client's success. Services include tax accounting and business consulting. The Roman Group is locally owned and operated, providing services throughout the Midwest as well as nationally. Call the Roman Group at 515-278-4531. That's 515-278-4531. The Roman Group says go Hawks. Do you own or manage a fleet of cars, trucks, or equipment? At Manchester Leasing Services, we partner with business owners and decision makers in the management of their ever-changing vehicle fleets. We work hand-in-hand with clients who are frustrated with the vehicle acquisition and disposal processes or who are in search of lower vehicle operating costs and a better overall service process, all to help them save time, improve their bottom line, and stay focused on their business. Call Manchester Leasing for all your fleet management and leasing needs. 515-446-7322 or Manchester L. 
ManchesterLS.com. Again, that's 515-446-7322 or ManchesterLS.com. Reynolds & Reynolds is a full-service, family-owned insurance agency in downtown Des Moines for over 30 years. Hi, I'm Stan W. Reynolds. Reynolds & Reynolds offers a full line of insurance products, including health, life, disability, 401k, property, and liability insurance. At Reynolds & Reynolds, we make sure our clients get the best attention, service, claims handling, and price. Please call Reynolds & Reynolds at one 800 767 1724 to set up a free insurance consultation with one of our agents or look us up on the web at reynolds-reynolds.com at reynolds and reynolds inc no one works harder to manage your risks every day fast science helps businesses like yours with their visual communications we ask the right questions recommend smart solutions and help you build your business our knowledgeable consultants uncover your communication challenges and provide visible solutions at Fast Signs, we're innovators, planners, and designers. We're more than fast, more than signs, and we're more than ready to help. Contact Fast Signs today. Call Fast Signs and Clive at 224-1210 or visit fastsigns.com slash 42. And welcome back to the fourth and final segment of the Hawkeye Nation radio show here on KXNO. Uh, we've had a great show. John Miller, Joe Hugan, James Morris all joined me. And now going to take a look at the other side of things. This segment powered by Westside Appliance Repair. Uh, fantastic shop, uh, Westside Appliance Repair. I-, I went there and got some parts to fix my dryer, and I was able to fix my dryer. And I think it was like the manliest I've ever felt. It's like, yes, because I'm not a very uh, handy person as it is. So I was I was happy that they had the parts I needed and the expertise I, expertise that I needed uh, to get that job done. That's Westside Appliance Repair. We'll have predictions in just a couple of minutes. But first, my conversation with Chris Solari. He covers Michigan State from the for the my conversation with Chris Solari. He covers Michigan State for the Detroit Free Press, and he talks about what we can expect this Saturday. Chris, thank you so much for the time. Andrew, glad to join you here today, man. It's uh, been a weird 2020, and you know, it just seems like everything just keeps getting weirder by the day. Well, and one of the weird things, at least from us watching here in Iowa last weekend, was Mel Tucker getting that first big win uh, over Michigan after that rough opener against Rutgers. I mean, I got to be honest, uh, when Iowa lost to Purdue, everybody kind of looked ahead to that that Michigan State game and said, "Well, at least that's probably a win." And uh, everybody kind of backed off of that a little bit last week when the Spartans beat the the Wolverines. How, how much did last Saturday change the feeling around your program? Well, that's interesting because everybody was looking at the schedule here this year and didn't know what to expect other than, oh, yeah, they're going to beat Rutgers. Well, that didn't turn out either. Um, you know, it, it, I think the, in part because it was Rutgers, the, the backlash was major and significant for that first loss, um, particularly when they're, they're giving up 14 points in like the first eight minutes of the game and they start turning the ball over, I think, three or four times in that first quarter of Rutgers. So, I mean, it couldn't have started any worse. So I think the positive for that from Mel Tucker is it was only up from there, right? Um, so I thought they finished that game pretty well. And I came out of it with kind of mixed feelings. Like, well, they put up 27 points. They moved the ball, but it's still just Rutgers. Well, I'll tell you what. That first drive against Michigan changed a lot of things. And I think it changed that, that program's belief in itself. Although some might say that they believed in themselves walking in there as a three touchdown underdog to just smack them in the mouth, but I think it changed the fans' opinions for sure because um, all of a sudden they were they, Michigan State fans were expecting that that twenty one and a half point spread um, to be too low, and 
all of a sudden, like, wait a minute, this is a competitive game. This is this looks like the games of, of yesterday that we we watched during the Mark Antonio era, and you know, even before that, you know, with with Nick Saban and George Perlis, and you know, at least those games were for the most part competitive, and they stuck it to them all day. I couldn't, I could not tell you how much of a one eighty it was. I mean, I, that's it's hard to fully explain that, but it was enough so that that all of a sudden the people that in East Lansing after one game who were stupidly calling for Jim or calling for Mel Tucker's head, all of a sudden they're now down in Ann Arbor after year, in year six calling for Jim Harbaugh's head. So this, it's perfectly 2020, though. It's amazing it really how is. much can change in a week, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I saw you so, run some numbers about how the Spartans play after that big game against Michigan. Uh, is there any fear of a letdown after that emotional win last week? Oh, there should always be. And I think that, you know, uh, there, there's always the fear of a letdown, um, especially when you don't know w- what the coaching staff's going to approach it. You know I mean? You, with Antonio, you've got a better idea. He, he cast aside a lot of the things that had been uh, historic tropes about Michigan State, like same old Spartans um, with, you know, massive fall-offs, like get off, get off to a good start and then crumble uh, or have massive, problems on the field. Um, he got rid of that. Um, he got rid of a lot of the penalties, but one of the other things he did was he got rid of the stigma that, you know, Michigan was the Super Bowl game. I heard Rich Eisen say that, and, and I don't know where Rich Eisen's been the last, you know, decade and a half because, you know, Michigan State has beaten Ohio State more times than that than Michigan has. And, you know, they, and they played in the BCS and they played in the college football players. So, I mean, they're, they're the Michigan game kind of changed under D'Antonio in that it was significantly important, but it wasn't the be-all, end-all. And, you know, they went 7-1 and one in those games after after a win over Michigan. Um, and he, he had made a point of making that his emphasis. Now, how Bell Tucker approaches it, I don't know. I mean, he comes from that same tree of, of Nick Saban disciples. So I don't see it being much different. But I do think the one caveat with that is that this is Rocky Lombardi's homecoming. So, you know, when you have a quarterback that, that's going to play in front of friends, well, mostly just in front of family this year, <laughs> um, you know, it, you know, you don't know exactly sometimes walking in just how it will be when you walk out there. Maybe the fan, not having the fans will help. I think that may have helped Michigan, last, Michigan State last week in Ann Arbor not having 100,000 fans there. Without question, when you have a freshman receiver making big plays down the field, there's no nerves when you don't have the, those bodies on top of you booing. And I think that it'll be, I think they'll kind of do exactly what D'Antonio did over the years. But I don't know if it'll be enough. That, that'll be what's really interesting. Well, you mentioned Rocky Lombardi, and, and obviously he's new to, new to the scene in the Big Ten, but not new to us here in Iowa. We saw him play here in Des Moines in, in high school, and he leads the Spartans back into Kinnick Stadium this week. What have you seen out of him the first couple of weeks of the season? Yeah, it feels like he's been here forever, too. Um, you know, this is his fourth year, um, and he's, you know, he's a kid that's played off and on, you know, because of injuries to Brian Lewerke over the last three years. The problem is that people in Iowa haven't got a chance to see him because the, the schedule's been weird. Uh, it's been since 2017, I think, since Michigan State played yeah, that's right. uh, Iowa. So he hasn't had a chance to, to get back to King. By the way, 2013, it seems like 100 years ago since that game. Um, the last game that Michigan State played at Kinnick. But, um, you know, Rocky Lombardi, I think, one of the things when, when we saw him as a redshirt freshman start against Purdue and against Rutgers 
and at Nebraska is, is that he wasn't much of a passer at that point. I, I know he threw for for six thousand yards at Valley High, but but the mechanics were off. I mean, he he was oftentimes more in a shot put or or javelin type throw. What I've seen the last two weeks is a kid who's extended his arm, is able to to still keep the same velocity that he had with the ball, but also find tight windows. Um, you know, you saw that against the Rutgers. Uh, even in the loss, I thought that you know, minus those seven turnovers they had, he played pretty well and threw some some balls into tight windows and had a, a really high completion percentage. Then you go to Michigan. Now you see the arm strength unleashed downfield with the, the weapons that he has with Jalen Naylor and Ricky White now and, and Jaden Reed, um, you know, they were able to stretch the field. So I've seen a different Lombardi in terms of what he's been able to do physically. But the one thing the kid has been able to do here, uh, and you can ask anybody, is lead. And that's the one thing that it's not often you hear a backup quarterback be one of the team leaders, but he, he has been here since, you know, he was a redshirt freshman. Looking at the other side of the ball, who are some of the big playmakers or maybe maybe a position group that Iowa fans should be focused on Saturday? Yeah, I think the defensive line right now is playing at a very high level. I think that, you know, it starts with uh, Naquan Jones and Jacob Slade, the starters in the middle, but they they go four, four or five deep there. I mean, the backups, Deshaun Mallory and Jalen Hunt, I thought were exceptional in that Michigan game, and that that allows that whole group to stay fresh. And, you know, Jacob Panashuk coming off the edge is one of the top returning pass rushers in the Big Ten. Didn't look like it against Rutgers. He was MIA in that game. But, you know, first three plays against Michigan, he's chasing down Joe Milton laterally. And that's, you know, that that can be a, a challenge in and of itself. But he, him and Naquan Jones were getting there. And that set the tone for the game, I, I thought. And, you know, and I think some of the other guys, Xavier Henderson in the back end. Here's the thing with Michigan State. This is what we didn't know. So the weirdness of 2020, you know, Mel Tucker gets hired in February after Mark Antonio suddenly retires. He's four days out from spring practice, and all of a sudden the plug's pulled on, on the spring and the summer. He, he didn't get his first padded practice until September 30th, right before the, the season started. And, oh, by the way, they were installing a four-two-five defense as opposed to the base four-three that Antonio's run for you know decade and a half. So you know what we've seen is pretty impressive. I think in that uh, understanding that transition without much practice in pads and hitting, um, and I think the back end is going to be pretty good. And they did it because they've got some good guys in the back end, like Xavier Henderson and Shakur Brown. Uh, they're deep there. They're not so deep at linebacker, but. But the guys they have at linebacker are stars. I mean, Antoine Simmons might be, if not the best, uh, not named Micah Parsons in the Big Ten. Who, I mean, he, he's up there. Um, he flies side to side. Same with Noah Harvey. I've seen him pick up a little more speed in this four-two-five, um, and looking a little more uh, of a downhill force in the run game. So they've got some bodies there that for sure. But it's it's going to be interesting to see how. How much that four two five progresses over the year, and how many times you see some speed bumps along the way. But so far, I think they've played pretty well. Hawkeyes obviously off to a, a rough zero and two start. A couple of close games. I think games that a lot of fans think they they could have certainly certainly could have probably should have won. Uh, but you are what your record says you are, and and uh, Iowa just isn't a great football team right now. When you look at the Hawkeyes, where's a, a place or two that you think they could be dangerous for Michigan State this weekend? 
Well, I think you start first and foremost with that 0-2 record. I mean, that's a dangerous spot for a visiting team to come in with, with a team that's in, in some ways desperate for their season and and kind of caged, caged lions in a lot of ways to kind of uh, borrow a phrase from Mark D'Antonio. I mean, I, I fully expect Iowa to come out firing in this game. Um, you know, it, it, it's going to be interesting to see how how up front uh, this game is won, particularly Iowa's defensive line, I think, can get some pressure on Michigan State's offensive line. So we, this is what we don't know about Michigan State's offensive line of what's a mirage and what's real. You know, they struggled against Rutgers to, to run the ball and protect Rocky Lombardi. They didn't give up a sack against Michigan, you know, and, and Quiddy Pay and Aiden Hutchison, and they were able to run for 126 yards after running for 50 yards the week before. So, you know, I think Iowa's defensive line can have – they can get some penetration. I, I just expect us to be kind of that quintessential Iowa-Michigan State game that we got used to in the, in the early 2010s and late 2000s. Um, it, it was – turning into such a great rivalry. I mean, you know, it culminates in that, that 2015 Big Ten Championship game, and then it goes away. And, you know, you, you kind of forget about it. The same with, with Michigan State, Wisconsin. It's kind of a lot of these things have been put on ice, and it's been, been a weird time, at least here, uh, in this division structure. But, I, I mean, you know, I'm looking forward. I haven't been to Kinnick Stadium since 2001, and that was a huge game for Kirk Ferentz to win in that one. Um, you know. That ended that big losing streak. So, you know, Michigan State knows what it's like to to, to be uh, an elixir for a, for a Iowa losing streak. <laughs> yeah, you, you you mentioned that these two programs have had some really good battles in the past. It felt like a rivalry was really budding, but the the scheduling has just kind of made it so that that is, as you said, been put on ice. Of course, no Hawkeye fan will soon forget that 2015 Big Ten championship game. Uh, but you know, both teams have their own rivals in their own divisions with their bordering states. Uh, overall, how do Michigan State fans view the Iowa football program? Boy, that's an interesting one because, I mean, I think that there was starting to be that, I don't know if enough contempt was the right word. I know the 2011 game, there was that was the, uh, I think, the Chris Rucker game, and there was a lot of back and yes. forth going on between the fan bases. And, you know, I think Iowa came out and, and blew Michigan State's doors off at Kinnick and that one. Um, but, you know, I, I think at this point, Though it's it's calmed down. I mean, it's you know you have the ebbs and flows of rivalry. I think everybody's kind of against Nebraska right now. I think that's pretty much standard fare outside of maybe Ohio State. I think everybody else in the Big Ten's kind of got their their axe to grind with with the people in Lincoln. Um, I, I think you'll always have the the people who don't like Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State. Uh, but I think this is kind of a respectful rivalry. I mean, Mel Tucker talked today, uh, talked today, talked Tuesday about. Um, you know, how he's known Kirk Ferentz for a while and how much respect he has for the type of program he runs in terms of schemes and, and being a consistent program with staff and, and with winning. So, uh, you know, that's the other component here. I mean, you don't have that. When you have a new coach at Michigan State who spent a decade in the pros and, you know, came back to the college game in about 2015, uh, you just don't have that, that, that innate um, hatred yet. You know, I think it, you know it, it'll take time for that to get back to it. But you know, for the moment, I think they they, they respect what what Kirk has done there, and uh, you know, want to head to. I mean, for the first time in seven years, to, to head the Kinnick without fans, I think is kind of a blessing for Michigan State because that can that's one of the hostile places in the Big Ten to play. 
He is at Chris Solari on Twitter. You can follow his coverage of Michigan State at Freep.com. Chris, enjoy your time in Iowa City and in Kinnick. I'm sorry it's going to be weird without the atmosphere you're used to or, you know, the the restaurants and things like that. It's it's going to be a strange day, but uh, we're getting kind of used to that here in 2020. Uh, I do appreciate your time today. I appreciate it, Andrew. You be well. All right, it's prediction time here on the Hawkeye Nation radio show. 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. My prediction... I'm going to predict an Iowa win. I'm not real confident about that, but I am going to predict an Iowa win, although a close one. I'm going to say the Hawkeyes' offense is able to find the end zone a couple of more times than the Spartans are. I'm going to give Iowa the 21-20 to win in this game Saturday. Joe Schmelka, who typically joins me, wasn't able to be here tonight. He did send me his prediction. He's a little more confident than I am. He's got Iowa winning 31-17. to And then Tammy the Greek, Tammy the Greek Klein, She's got 31-21 Michigan State. Now, remember, she had Purdue winning. She did have Iowa beating uh, She did have Iowa beating Northwestern, but she's been pretty right on. That's why we call her Tammy the Greek Klein. Uh, 31-21 MSU. Boo to that. Uh, last thing we want to do here, once again, wish Joe Schmuck's father a happy, happy, happy birthday. 94 years young today, and hopefully the Hawkeyes can get him a big win. You can follow Hawkeye football at HawkeyeNation.com. A bunch of great articles and stories and podcasts from Rick Brown and John Bonencamp and Rob Howe and Anna Kaiser. We got Lucy Rodine. We got myself, Joe Hugan. A bunch of really cool stuff constantly updated, so check us out there. You can join us every Thursday right here on KXNO. It's the Hawkeye Nation radio show. Hopefully at some point we'll be able to get back out and be with you, Uh, but for now we do it from the studio. And that's going to do it for our show tonight. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening. Go Hawks! From the DraftKings Sportsbook and Wild Rose Studio. KXNO AM Des Moines. KXNO FM Ankeny. KKDM HD2 Des Moines. On iHeartRadio's 